It's nice to be here. It's nice to be anywhere. Uh, so many, so many distinguished minds. I have had very little time to get to know everybody here. It's my biggest disappointment talking to Nobel Prize winners, scientists, generals. I've really had a lovely time this weekend, and I thank you for allowing me to be here. My mother was French, and I also had the opportunity when I was very young to, to, to live in France in the 1950s. And one of the things that stood out was that no one had collaborated with the Nazis. My grandparents, my family, I talked to a lot of people. Everybody was a member of the French resistance. Pretty much everybody was a hero. And in the 1960s and the 70s, these stories started to come out about World War II, about how the French collaborated. Most Frenchmen collaborated in some way or another. But it was a scandal. It was covered up. It was forgotten. Then in the 1980s, I got to go to Russia. I was writing the screenplay in the early 1980s under the Brezhnev regime. And I was talking to the Soviet dissidents and uh, trying to do something about that story, about Sakharov, etc. And again, I was talking to young people and old people, and they did not know anything or did not want to know anything about the crimes of Joseph Stalin. Young people absolutely denied to me that he even had done one wrong thing in the 1930s or the 20s. Again, the power to forget, the power of official history. I myself, when I was in my early, uh, late teens, early 20s, went to Vietnam twice, and I saw many things that I didn't really know what was happening at that time that I saw them. It took me many years to realize what I had seen. And I can't tell you the amount of fraud, the lack of integrity, the way the war was fought, all the corruption that I saw. It took me a long time to register it. But we hid it. It was, again, forgotten. It was a non-event. And that's why I wrote Platoon in 1976, finally, because I was worried that it was all passed away and we would never remember this war again. The spin had been changed. The texture of the war had changed. So I wrote it down before I got too old, and eventually I got lucky enough, ten years later, to make the movie. Then I got a chance to go down to uh, Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras in the 1980s when Mr. Reagan was basically building up for a war down there in Central America. And I saw the same faces that I had been when I was a young man. I saw the same young men and women this time in army uniforms, green fatigues, in Honduras, in Tegucigalpa, in Salvador, all over the place. And I would talk to them in hotel lobbies and I'd say, do you remember Vietnam? And there'd be this kind of embarrassed stare, this haunted look like they didn't really remember that war. They didn't know enough about it or they were ashamed about it. They were ashamed about it because there was something uneasy and embarrassing about Vietnam. It had been, in effect, covered up. Mr. Reagan erased Vietnam from our memories. Mr. Bush, in his own statements, has erased Vietnam from our memories. This is a modern phenomena that I think George Orwell best described as a non-event. Vietnam had become a non-event. People have become non-persons since the Stalin trials of the 1930s. Non-persons that do not only exist in Russia, they exist in America. They exist all over the world. They become official embarrassments. 
when the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which really was the basis for going to Vietnam, has been obliterated. It's become a non-event. The fact that the CIA did a lot of interesting and illegal things in Vietnam, that Vietnam was a CIA-originated war, has been forgotten. That the body counts were rigged has been forgotten. That we bombed Cambodia and Laos with massive carpet bombing was at that time completely hidden from the American public. It was a non-event. The National Security Council knew about it, Kissinger knew about it, Nixon knew about it, but the, the press supposedly did not know about it, and the people certainly did not know about it. And we still don't really know about it. This has gone on and on and on in our history. I think the John Kennedy murder is the Reichstag fire of our history. And in the last year and a half, I've been exposed to some of the most, I think, brutal attacks I've ever faced in my life. And I've had a, a, an opportunity, I look at the crisis as an opportunity, to think about several points of our own history in this matter. And five points come quickly to mind. One, that Lee Oswald shot the president by himself. This is official history. But look, I urge you to go and look yourselves, rent it yourselves, look at the Zapruder film, study it. Look at pictures tell a thousand words. There are two huge improbabilities in the Zapruder film. One, the hang time between the magic bullet between uh, John Kennedy and John Connolly. It's a long, long pause. Think about that. And then look at the, of course, the head of Kennedy going back and to the left. And then equate that with what the government tells you, the Warren Commission tells you with a lot of jargon and words, 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 words that say uh, neuromuscular reaction, jet effect, et cetera, et cetera. And then they, they smother you with diagrams and all this jargon. But they, the words confuse. And then go back to the picture and look at the picture and look in your own heart. Pictures speak the truth sometimes. Two, that Lyndon Johnson carried out the policies of a weak, handsome, charismatic president who was also a womanizer, drug-riddled, and a mafia uh, involved. Uh, this is the official history, that Kennedy was killed by uh, a right-wing, uh, a, a communist uh, from a six-floor window who was in turn killed by an angry vigilante and that his uh, widow married uh, a rich man, and then Judge Warren came in and said everything was okay, and Lyndon Johnson carried out his policies in Vietnam and everywhere in the Cold War. But this is the official history. This is also palpably untrue. And I urge you to go back and study the new books, the new declassified documents. Read John Newman's JFK in Vietnam, which shows you a Kennedy that was really ambiguous about Vietnam. Study the uh, National Security Action Memorandums 263, which Kennedy signed. Study it in detail, the words. Then study the first draft of 273. Study the final draft signed by Lyndon Johnson four days after Kennedy's death. Look at the difference in verbiology. It's very important because it is one of those loopholes, one of those non-events in history. And think that since President Kennedy has been killed, look at the pattern. Five increasingly conservative American presidents. You people are young, and many of you do not know, have never experienced a liberal American president. You have not lived through it. You do not know the power of one man in office to change things. We can look back to Franklin Roosevelt, John Kennedy, Teddy Roosevelt before that, Abraham Lincoln. They changed things. 
but you have not experienced that. You may never again. And this is one of the reasons why young people are not voting. They become more cynical. It's hard to believe that one man can change things, but they can. We have experienced it in our history. That's why the Jerry Browns and the Ross Perots come along, the outsiders. They get that popular attention for a while. They get that 25%, 35% of the vote. But then the media sets in. They don't need to kill you anymore. They put the media on you. The media will sectionalize, fragmentize, fractionalize, deglamorize, or glamorize, marginalize the candidates until you feel insecure with Mr. Perot or Mr. Brown or any outsider. That's the way it works now. Point three, go back, look at the CIA, study the CIA. Although you've heard that the CIA is an intelligence gathering operation since World War II when it was chartered, think about all the times that it has not been that. Look at all the destabilizations that have occurred in foreign countries all over the world, all the, the less developed countries, the LDCs as the bankers call them. Don't go with the official story. Study the, uh, also you might look at the CIA's possible destabilization of our own country. And there's a lot of evidence of that in documents. Go back and study it. Look at the mafia, point four. What is the mafia, really? Go study that. And where has the mafia been used as a glamorous sort of tabloid front to excuse activities? Maybe the mafia has been used by other people. We have a history and documentation from the church committee of the CIA using the mafia to do some of its dirty work. Point five, the power of the media to distort our history. It started in the uh, Kennedy killing at 5.30 on Friday afternoon. Oswald was booked. He was not charged for the murder of the president until midnight, 12.30. But at 5.30 that afternoon, that cover story went out all over the world because it was in place. They had a complete biography of Oswald. It was on all the wires. It was in every country in the world. He was really set up as a lone assassin, and that was accepted before he was even charged or, convic or convicted or the evidence presented. When he was killed on Sunday morning, it was over. He was convicted. The headlines of the papers said, President's assassin is killed. They did not even bother to distinguish between alleged assassin and the word assassin. And that story has stuck for some 30 years. It is built upon and built upon by the major media. The media, it goes further, the distortions, I mean, it goes through pretty much all modern Cold War history. And I think we see, for example, we have to look at the Watergate case where, again, we have to re-examine that because the official story is that the press sussed out the truth when we only heard 40 hours of 400 hours. We don't know anything about Watergate. Read Silent Coup. Read, reread history. Read uh, books like Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Read Buckminster Fuller's uh, Critical Path. These books address fundamental questions in our history that have never been revealed to us before. They address the concept of what Columbus did, the concept of what a revolution was, the American Revolution and George Washington, the concept of what the Civil War really was fought about. Was slavery really the issue? What were the root origins of World War I? What were the origins of that sacred cow, that most sacred cow of all, World War II? What were the origins of Vietnam? I urge you as students to go back and look at your own history because much of it 
through time has been hidden from you. I think I've reached a point, cynical as it may sound, where I think that history is written by those who win. They killed Kennedy. And they rewrote American history to justify the killing of Kennedy. And I think that if Hitler had won World War II, you'd be, you'd be reading a hell of a lot different history about the United States right now. Think about George Orwell. You are the future. He who controls the past controls the future. Think for yourselves. Think freely. And do not ever believe at face value what somebody in power tells you to think. Thank you.